Hey, welcome. It's uh, Liam Ford from The Zone Podcast. And I think you're going to find this pretty interesting uh, podcast. I mean, how do you connect Formula One driving, having a beer, and planning for a construction site, a huge building? I mean, I, I just never thought I'd ever connect those three. And Andy is such an interesting character. I mean, his background and where he came from and, you know, his time at boarding school and his really interesting take on, you know, his work is really quite refreshing. And I think what came out of it really was quite surprising about why he's doing all this. And I know you'll be as surprised as I was when we get to that point. So enjoy. It was just great fun chatting to Andy and he's just such a great guy. Hey, so Andy, really good to meet you. And of course, one of the most interesting things, we were just having a conversation before we started. And I want you to tell me, like, how is Formula One, drinking beer and planning got anything to do with with what you, I mean, like, can you connect all that for me? I mean, that's just really interesting. Yeah, right. So um, likewise, Liam, th- thanks for having me on today, by the way. I really appreciate oh, no it. No problem. Yeah. Um, so Formula One, uh, drinking and <laughs> construction. <laughs> yeah, right. So my dream was to become a Formula One race engineer, right? Since, uh, since I was a kid, loved anything that moved fast. I actually wanted to be a Formula One race driver. And then I quickly realized I was too old and I couldn't become a race driver. So I wanted the next best thing. <laughs> right, I want to become a race engineer. So then I went to engineering and you know what happens in universities, you know, you, you learn the drinking culture and get into it in school. <laughs> now, um, so, so in Dubai, um, I, was, I was 17 years old when I actually started engineering and I, I actually graduated. I was an engineer when I was 21 years old. So I, could, I couldn't drink in, in university, which was uh, kind of disheartening, right? So um, I kind of came to New Zealand. I went to England first, uh, studied in LSE, came back, came back to New Zealand and I said, yeah, I want to mm. party, came to New Zealand. Yeah. And found myself an amazing career here in, in the construction industry with uh, Fletcher Construction, with... Um, Vision Stream, uh, that was the other company that I'd worked with, and ABB New Zealand Steel. It's quite cool. So there's the connection between. Okay. And where, where have you found the best pubs? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our audience likes to relax, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mate, uh, anywhere they've got good tap beer and um, anywhere they keep changing the taps out on a, on a regular basis. I'm a big fan of beer. I love beer. So um, I'm out there in the viaduct always checking out new places. But you always have one of those nights where you just want to binge in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what's your favorite <laughs> spot Spot down there? I like the Chamberlain. Okay. They also have another bar up on top in Chamberlain, which is another kind of rooftop kind of cocktail mm. bar. That's quite cool. Mm. Brew on Key, that's quite nice. Yeah, Father Ted's. Yeah, this keeps going on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. And like, so the, you know, how do you, how do you connect Formula One and the, and the passion that's behind Formula One to the passion that, about what you're doing now. I mean, what's the connection? How, how are they even similar? I mean, it just seems amazing to me. Yeah, right. So with Formula One as part of race engineering is, is, is all about strategy, right? So to be a race engineer, what your main job would be to is to analyze the data, the decisions that other teams make on tire choices, on car setups, on when they're pitting, when they're coming out of the pits, to actually advise your driver on actually how and what to do when right? It's, it's all about managing crazy amounts of data and managing change in milliseconds. So that's all you've got. You've got milliseconds to make decisions. 
And you know, those decisions make or break your race. And, and that's what really excited me. But you know, when my 2008 recession hit, couldn't, couldn't get into Formula One. So I found myself a career in construction and planning. And um, lucky enough, uh, a company offered me a job and said, hey, you're socially and analytical and you'd, you'd kind of be a good planner. And, and I quickly realized, you know, um, what I was doing as, as part of my day-to-day job was managing change over days, not in milliseconds. And I said, wow, this is not too far from what I really wanted to do, which is quite cool, mm-hmm. you know, manage mass amounts of data and uh, take my time to analyze it. I don't have to make decisions in milliseconds that make or break the race. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, cool. And yeah. tell us a little bit about Formula One too. I mean, you, are you still a big fan? And Oh, Absolutely. Uh, you know, you ask my wife, I'm actually up at uh, odd times of the night. Uh, every, every Sunday night I'm up, right? Lucky I work for myself now, so I, I can kind of take the Monday off and I'll clear my schedule in the Monday morning to kind of sleep in. But I don't think I've missed a race this season. Yeah. Who's the best this season? To be- <laughs> oh, mate, I'm, I'm a big Lewis Hamilton fan. Uh, okay. I, I love Lewis Hamilton. I'm, I have a lot of respect for, you know, just uh, sheer... Um, there's a saying in, saying in Formula One, you know, what defines success in Formula One, right? So it's the three M's that actually define success in Formula One. The three things have to come together for success to happen. The, the man, the machine, and the moment, right? Mm. When all those three things come together, that's, when, that's how you define success. And I mean, that's at least in Formula One. And I kind of take that to, to my personal life and roll with it too, you know? I'm like, um, am I in sync with the machine? Am I... Am I in sync with the moment of what's actually happening and aware of my surroundings? Yeah, man, that's interesting. <laughs> wow, so there's a lot, a lot of analogies, huh? Uh, <laughs> I've, I've learned a few along the way, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, um, you know, talking about the three M's, I mean, what, what's the moment? How, how do you get into the moment? Right, okay, so, um, <laughs> so a moment could mean different things to different people, right? For me, it's... Um, mm. If I perform all the time at 110%, I burn out, I burn out like that, <laughs> right? Right. And, and like you said earlier, anybody's attention spans just, you know, I mean, you said 15, I say seven minutes, but yeah, okay. My, my audience is special, they manage, they manage 15. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if, I'm, if I'm like performing at 110% all the time, I'm, I'll, I'll burn up. So for, for me, it's all about delivering when you need to deliver, yeah? When is that real important meeting that you've got an audience to that you can actually influence positive change in the industry, right? What, mm. what is that strategic thought process that goes into actually performing for that one hour at 110%, right? Not wavering focus, but you don't, you don't need to perform all the time, you know? You see, gotta take time out to chill and drink beer, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it sort of reminds me about getting in the zone. You know, it's like you need that high level of focus and then you need a bit of relaxation. You know, you need to be taking your mind off it. Is that yeah. sort of similar? 100%. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely that. Yeah. It's uh, uh, find the time to relax, find the time for family. When, when you're at work and when you have to deliver, you deliver. Right? Races happen once every two weeks and Sunday is the time to deliver. You know, that's when the points matter. And that's when you need to be in sync with your machine. It's your car, your Formula One race car, and the moment right there. Mm. So tell me about, like, obviously you, you love speed. <laughs> and you're in this construction industry. Yep. I mean, is that, a, is that an industry that changes fast or moves fast? I mean, can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, worldwide, I think construction industry, uh, they're known to not adopt to digital technology and move faster. 
they're not the biggest or the fastest industry to uptake technology, mm-hmm. which is which is kind of uh, not ideal. But 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 therein I actually see opportunity. You know, I see massive opportunity in helping influence change in that industry, which is you know bringing more digitalization, trying to make people's life smarter, faster, better, help them make data-driven decisions quicker. Right? Don't make emotional-driven decisions at all. Like you know, use your data to make good decisions and make them quickly. Because the worst decision you can ever make is indecision, right? And and no, no, that's that's a pretty interesting saying. The worst decision you can ever make is indecision. So like, yeah, don't make a decision at all. Yeah. So what what's that feel like? Indecision. I'm just trying to feel uh, it yeah. at the moment. It's like yeah. It's, a, it's a like it's a bit of a paralyzing feeling, right? Indecision. Um, like, oh, do I go left? Do I go right? Do um, I do nothing? You know, you know, you know what I categorize as indecision. Uh, the Kiwi audience might hate me, but uh, <laughs> I might just say it. Go on. Should be all right. Oh, she'll be right. She'll never be all right. She never will. Right. I don't believe she'll ever be all right because we've always got to strive for better. We've got to be smarter, faster, better every day. And and I strongly believe that. Yeah. The moment I think she'll be all right, you know, I've just I've just stopped progression. Right. So it's sort of complacency in, in a way. It, it is. Yeah. You you know what? I'm not going to make the decision because you know uh, I don't have all the information or. Or I don't know what the consequences are, but not making this decision, oh, she'd be all right. You know, oh, we haven't done it today. Well, we do it tomorrow. She'd be all right. Nah, <laughs> get on top of it, mate. <laughs> right. So that that's your sort of the way that you operate. You like to sort of get ahead of the curve rather than, than just wait. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. You know, it's um, when it's that moment to focus, you focus and you deliver. Right. Mm. And when it's that time to chill and relax, you chill and relax. No problem. So where did all this come from? I mean, you know, what was your your upbringing or your background? How did how did you get to this sweet spot? This this moment. <laughs> uh, I I I wouldn't say I'm fully in a sweet spot, but I I think I'm yeah striving to be there <laughs> every day. Every day is a new learning experience. But yeah, um, so I'm originally from southern India. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's it's interesting. I was um I've I've been brought up in like different cultures. Uh, you know, I was, I was born a Hindu. Um, I was uh, I was brought up in a in a in a Catholic school, in a in a brothers-run institution, right? And then mm-hmm. I went to Dubai, which is a Muslim country, <laughs> to live in, which is really really cool, right? And and you learn a lot. And and today I believe Google is God. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. and, and so, like, tell us about some of your upbringing. Then, what what were some of those defining moments that make make you and make people who they are. I mean, there's always defining moments. What, what were those defining moments? Uh, there are a few I can pick from. My biggest one was going to boarding school. I went to boarding school at a real long, young age. I was in grade four. So I was about eight years old when I went to boarding school. Um, hated it mm. to start with, but you know, um, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. You know, it's taught me how to take care of myself, how to self-reliance, yeah? And how to interact with a group of people to then get them on your side to influence change to, for a greater audience, which is, uh, it teaches you a lot of things. It teaches you how to watch your own back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Yeah, so, um, so, so going to boarding school was, was amazing. Was, I loved it. Mm. So you started off hating it and then you learned to love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, in the beginning, my mom would drop me off at boarding school. and I mean, she couldn't keep me at home. So she said, you, you know, you need discipline, child. And she sent me to boarding school, right? <laughs> and, uh, and that was really cool. So about three years after that, she came to drop me off and I went by and I said, catch a letter, you know, and she, and she started crying. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. And, you know, like 
how does it work in planning? I mean, can you sort of tell us a little bit about what your approach is? I mean, you're, yeah. you're bringing all these life experiences and Formula One and having a break and having a beer, and it's sort of like a, a life formula almost. And how do you apply that to your work? Yeah, right. So, so with, with planning, right, I mean, I, I take this very fundamental approach of, of, of what, what Google's kind of done. Yeah. The way I see it, I, I walk into construction sites and I see people with uh, amazing skill sets, amazing mindsets, right? I'm like, that's beautiful. But, but what you're lacking is good structure. Yeah. So an amazing mindset, an amazing skill set, but that structure will crumble all the time. So I try and bring structure into planning and structure into decision making structure to how they actually go about their thought process. So that's how I try to approach planning. Every time I'm on a site, I'm looking up to how I can standardize and systemize things to make people's lives a lot easier. Because, because think about it, right? I'll, I'll give you an example of what's, uh, back to Google, about what's actually happened in the construction industry. So Google, I mean, I'm, Google kind of pushed you a notification every day at five o'clock and said, hey, it's going to take you, hey, Liam, it's going to take you about 45 minutes to get to Andy's house from wherever you are. Hmm. Would you would you really give a shit? I don't know. It depends uh, how much time I had. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but Google's telling you every day at five p.m. It's going to take you forty-five minutes to get to my house. Would you give oh, a shit? Oh, it was the same same message every day. I'd sort of turn off after a while. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. But if Google told you every day at five p.m. It's going to take you thirty minutes to get to your house. Would you care? Ah, uh, yeah. See. So it's all about getting the right information to the right people at the right time. Enable a good data-driven decision. Mm-hmm. Right? So walk me through that on a construction site where that can really, really make a difference. You know, as you said, to smarter, faster, better. What, yeah. What's an example? Okay. So first is getting your, um, all your design drawings, your design information sorted. But then, but then converting that design information into a good structured methodology with a good, what we like to call a good work breakdown structure. You know, a good work breakdown structure kind of embeds layers of uh, spatial elements and layers of the process of construction and further sub layers of smaller spatial elements, right? But they're all consistent, right? Mm. That's the beauty of it all. And then you kind of relate the work breakdown structure to the people delivering it because the people are the most important thing in this, in the whole picture because without the people, those work breakdown structured elements mean nothing. Yeah, people are the only ones that are gonna deliver it. Take accountability for it, you know? Lines of delineation are cleanly drawn and said, you are accountable for this area, Mr. X, you are going to deliver this with the support of Y and Z, sure, right? Okay. And it's about communicating Mm. that message extremely clearly. Right, right. And, and people like it? Yeah, they don't feel like it's control or do they... Uh, do they in- it's, it's worked. Um, so I was in Commercial Bay. Right. I was a lead planner in Commercial Bay. Um, so Fletcher's even gave me an, um, uh, an award for outstanding contribution to a business outcome for establishing some of those okay. systems in place, um, wow. which, is, which is really cool. I didn't, I didn't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was, what, 36,000 people work for Fletcher Building, right? They isolated me as an individual and gave me that award. I was like, uh, oh, special recognition more than award. But yeah, sure. Um, it was really, really, really humble to be there. Yeah. Mm. So, so really, you, you're about making people's lives better. You, you're in service to them. 100%. Mm. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm me by myself, I don't go and deliver any physical work. I don't. I'm the, I'm the strategist. I'm, I'm, I'm there sitting down there listening to what everybody is saying 
and and working out what what a, what we like to call a critical path. You know, the what is the longest chain logically linked events that gets you to the finish line? Right. Yeah. How can I get there faster, smarter, better? Right. Focus yeah. on that critical path. Do you throw more resources in? When do you make that decision to throw more resources in? Can you physically fit them in? Can we think about it differently? Alter the methodology. Change the critical path. But I can't deliver this alone, right? I'm I'm the tool. I've got right. to communicate that message to the people so they go out there and deliver it. Because there's no point in me actually writing a program that nobody follows. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm starting to get it now. So the reason that you do all this smarter, faster, better is so that you can have more time for a beer. <laughs> there you go, mate. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, five, five o'clock on a Friday is five o'clock, mate. You'd, easy. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So you're actually, you know, giving people more time yeah. know, at the end of the day, right? hundred percent. Yeah. Why not? You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, the construction industry could really take a toll on you. And on a serious note, if I can, if I can help somebody get to his wife, half an hour earlier than he would every day i'm winning you know get to his family mm. yeah you know reduce that stress yeah um yeah i love what i do so <laughs> yeah yeah i can really hear it so hey who do you want to reach out to who, who should contact you if they're interested in this and how do they contact you so yeah what's the audience that you're looking to to hear from or attract yeah. So um, anybody that's trying to actually deliver a project, it doesn't matter what sector you're in. It doesn't, doesn't have to be in construction. If you want to use good data to make good data-driven decisions or you want to structure your data, um, you want to improve your processes, make them smarter, faster, better. Those are the kind of people I want to really connect with uh, that, have a, you know, that, that have a passion for digitalization, right? Mm. Or people who love crypto too. You know, I'm big on crypto, so... Yeah. Are you big on crypto oh, too? Yeah, oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's, um, what's, what's your tip on crypto? My tip on crypto? Uh, mate, um, get in early. <laughs> <laughs> get in early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you've heard it. You've yeah, heard it, it from Andy. <laughs> um, and, okay, how do people get in touch with you? What's the best way of getting in touch with you? Yeah, um, you can jump on my website. There's a contact form. It's um, www.strategicplanning.nz. That's um, the easiest way to get in touch with me. Jump on the website. There's a whole heap of information about how I go about my planning. You know, there's a, it's quite informative. Uh, check it out. That is really the easiest way to get in touch with me. Or my, my email, andy at strategicplanning.nz. Oh, great, Andy. Hey, well, so if you want to go faster, if you want to get to the pub quicker and get home to your family, then uh, you're the man, Andy. <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. <laughs> oh, cool. Hey, this is uh, Liam Ford. This is the Zone Podcast. And thanks very much, Andy. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on a racetrack somewhere soon. <laughs> Sounds good, Liam. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for coming. Cheers. Wow, that was such a fun interview, Andy. Thanks very much. I mean, what really came across to me you know, underneath all of that is Andy's real passion for, you know, helping people. And I just loved it when he said, hey, if I can help someone get home to their family half an hour earlier because of my work and relax and, and connect with the family and have a beer, then that's his purpose in life. So I just uh, was really heartened by that and how someone who has so much fun with so much experience and a passion for data and planning and you know all of that technical stuff 
has just a huge human element, huge heart. So just a, a joy to see and so much fun.